0: Welcome to episode 25 of Offbeat Tracks, the first of 2017. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Of course, we are recording this in 2016. So we're pretending like we're enlightened people of the future. (laughs)
1: Listen, people, the holiday season's busy.
0: What do you think it looks like outside right now in 2017? um, Bleak? Are there robots everywhere?
1: Maybe. We don't know. (laughs) So far away.
0: Not really. But today we are talking about... One of my favorite albums. Yeah? A personal passion of mine. I can
1: see you because you're wearing it on a necklace right now. I do.
0: I got a necklace as a early Christmas present that has Prince's Dirty Mind cover on it. And it's very silly. And I love how I'm wear it It
1: is. She, this just popped up on her Instagram last night. And I'm like, <laughs> did she just go shopping for this because we're, we're recording this episode about Dirty Mind
0: tomorrow? No, I got it as a gift from someone who knows that I love this album. Um, it's a great album. <laughs> 1980. 1980. This is like really when like... Prince starts becoming Prince. Yes. He's not huge yet. He doesn't this to what, huge. This is what, his
1: third album, second album?
0: Second or third. I think his first was like 77 or 78. Yeah,
1: I think this was his third record.
0: Yeah, he put out a ton of records before. I mean, his first real big one was, like, he had hits and, like, little things. But his first big one was 1999, which will come in, like, 82. But this right. is Prince when he's really just kind of by himself. It's before he's got...
1: Yeah, he does, no band yet, yeah, no revolution. Like, yeah. this is,
0: like, you always hear the famed Prince playing on every single aspect of the album. Like, all the instruments. This is one of those albums. Yes, absolutely. Except for the synth. He doesn't do the synth. But everything else is him.
1: Who so, did the synth?
0: Do uh, we know? Some got Dr. Fink.
1: Oh, Dr. Yeah. Fink. Okay, I have heard that name.
0: Yeah, it was Dr. Fink Scent. Scent. Synth. Can you even...
1: scent. Like, where are we even Dr. having... Dr. Fink Scent.
0: <laughs> it's the new cologne of Dr. 2017. Dr. Fink scent,
1: with a fink, fink, fink.
0: <laughs> Dr. Yes. Fink Scent, yes. the 2017 for those, clone. for those keeping
1: score, that was an Are You Afraid of the Dark joke.
0: <laughs> Why the hell not? You know, this is a 1980 album, and what I love... I love certain albums and certain songs... As like a marker of where we are in history and music history and yeah. the change of culture. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. This song, this song, this album is like the perfect marker of the end of the 70s and what would come of the 80s. Yeah, I
1: totally agree. And I'm
0: sure they didn't realize that at the time, but I feel like it represents so much. I
1: totally agree with you. I think that that's a, that's a very common theme on our shows. We talk about that a lot, like songs yeah. that are very, like benchmarks for certain eras. And I, I completely agree with you. And as, as I was revisiting this album, I thought the same thing. It's just, this is so 1980, it hurts.
0: Yeah, I mean, like the 1980 charts are very weird. You still have a lot of that mellow gold kind of crap yeah, from exactly. the 70s that I love. Yeah, but it's a still lot. A s-
1: Thanks a lot, 70s. Whatever,
0: air supply for life. <laughs> Super Tramp can get out, but like <laughs> they, we're about to say goodbye forever to Super Tramp. Thank that, God that,
1: that should be your next tattoo.
0: <laughs> you should get Super a Tramp. tramp get you should out. get a
1: Tramp stamp that says Super Tramp can get out. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is funny. Breakfast, 20- breakfast in another country.
0: <laughs> breakfast and shut the fuck. Up. Uh, <laughs> anyway. So he, this was recorded, you know, in the summer of 1980, released in October of 1980
1: at his house, right? Like he, he already had his recording yeah, studio like, set up. Yeah, like
0: I don't, he, there wasn't, it wasn't Paisley Park yet, but he had like his own studio. Yeah,
1: he was. I think he did this in his home. This yeah, was, this was not like at a Warner Brothers recording studio.
0: Exactly, like he does everything in Minnesota, mm-hmm. but it wasn't Paisley Park as an entity yet. Um, but it's very 1980, and I found a couple of. It didn't chart very well. It. You know, didn't really have, mm-hmm. had like some moderate hits, but they weren't really hits. They were mm-hmm, more club mm-hmm. hits, you sure. know? So it wasn't even a big deal. What I loved about, I read this in, an, in a review of Dirty Mind, which is fantastic, because um, it's very sexually charged, this album. Yes. This is when Prince really starts becoming Prince
1: Prince. Very much so. And keep in mind, Prince. he already had a song called Soft and Wet on an album before this. Yeah, but- like... This is very much like the continuation of the feel of that song. Like he's, getting, but he made a whole album out of it.
0: Yeah, he's getting bolder and bolder with yes. the sex stuff. Um, but here's this is from an article I read. Famed music critic Robert Robert Christgau or however you want to pronounce that was blunters declaring <clears throat> quote. Mick Jagger should fold up his penis and go home, which is <laughs> the best quote I've ever read about an album.
1: Well, I and so you perfectly know, 1980. I just want to say I agree on principle with that statement. Uh, completely aside of Dirty Mind, <laughs> you
0: should fold up his penis. And go
1: home. That's just. I great. love <laughs> that someone
0: wrote that in an article in 1980. Someone wrote that in an article in 1980. Which I think is pretty cool because I, mean, I didn't think you could say that stuff. I love it.
1: Yeah. All right, so let's step through the tracks of "Dirty Mind," oh of which there are only eight. So um, it's a
0: very short album, It's like a half hour long. Yeah,
1: it is. It is, a, it is an alarmingly short album for it's him like, too, because he would go on to release these like you know gigantic works of art later on. But uh, yeah, the the first track is "Dirty Mind," the um, the and it really, 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 really sets the tone for the album. Yeah, this very to well. me,
0: this to me is the most like futuristic of all the songs i hear so much in 80s music and future like dance music in this song that uh, to me it still sounds so modern it doesn't even sound dated to me it is the future of this song and i love it and yep. it should have been a giant hit i don't know why it wasn't but probably just
1: prince you know super tramp got to take the we're one. hearing we're definitely hearing electronic drums i'm not, yes. i cannot say for certain my my i'm kind of just now picking up on like Different drum machines and their sounds and whatnot. I'm trying to become a drum machine expert, oh, wow. okay. but I'm not, I'm not there yet. I'm a drum machine noob, new, but Year's I, Resolution. I think that he had embraced the Lindrum by this point. And I think the Lindrum is the drum that we're hearing on most of this album, because by the time we got to like the Prince and the Revolution stuff, for sure, that Lindrum is everywhere, but I, I'm pretty sure that the Lindrum was doing, um, at least some of the percussion on this. Yeah. Um, and yeah, "Dirty Mind" is just—it's like you said—it's future. It's got this kind of like there's a, there's a really soft uh, synth noise that pervades the entire thing. It's just he, there's it's these soft bassy um, synth chords that carry the whole hard. song.
0: It also, got that kind of like bump, bomb bump, bump. Bom. Right. Oh, it's so good. Like it has. like. But that's
1: that's the trick, is what I'm saying. It's like in the background, there's this hmm. there there are these synth lines that are just that are there the whole song. They just kind of carry the whole thing along, and they make it feel very fluid. Um. It, yeah. It's it's. I love... Killer.
0: It's such a good, perfect first track to set a tone of an album. Oh, it's so good.
1: Second track... Is
0: when you were what
1: that <laughs> <It> surprised me. <laughs> I'm sorry, you, you were like, track.
0: How about this? I'll go softer this time. It's delilah this track two. You know,
1: that sounds <laughs> That's beautiful.
0: Track two is When You Were Mine, a I... beautiful song that a lot of people may know.
1: Yes, from um, Cindy. Yeah, Cyndi Lauper did cover this song, and her version's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Um, and it was only a few years later. I mean, when did she So unusual come out? Eighty three. So he's just four eighty five. It's three years later, three four yeah. years later. She she covered this, um, but yeah, um, Prince's original is brilliant. It's. Do you do you feel like it's kind of a throwback to sixties oh, and fifties totally pop?
0: It's that cute, like bouncy kind of. Yeah, like it's like the shuffle. Pop.
1: It's it's the twist pop. Yeah, it's like what I like, call it. It's like you know you want to do the twist to it.
0: Exactly. It's, to me, it's like old girl group pop. Yeah, kind of. I think that's why it works so well for Cindy as like a for a female singer. But like, I think it's such a cute little bouncy song. The lyrics are kind of weird, but that's the beauty- beautiful thing about Prince. He can write a beautiful song, but then you kind of listen to the lyrics and you're like, are they talking about like a threesome situation? He didn't even
1: have the decency to change the sheets. Exactly. That is just so great. I mean, how do you not love that? It's
0: like talking about like, you know, I love you, but like you keep bringing this chick into our bed or something. And I'm yep. like, is this like a... I
1: was telling you, man, he's he was getting jealous, which is unusual for him. <laughs> <laughs> Um I also want to note that um this song popped up in an episode of the Drew Carey show, one of the early episodes of the Drew Carey show when he breaks up with his first girlfriend on the show, Lisa. Um like as they show this montage of him crying and being upset about the breakup and when you remind is playing.
0: <laughs> the Prince version? Uh-huh. The- oh, yep, yeah, Prince. But it's like not a very good crying song in a way because it's so upbeat. Well, I mean it
1: I mean, it is kind of a breakup song know, though. It's a it's an it's I yeah, I get that it's upbeat, but it is it's still a breakup song.
0: Yeah, I know I like of. it. It's it goes in my favorite genre of music which is sad songs that sound happy.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Track is do it all night which is like a good little disco funk thing you heard a lot of late 70s here yes
1: like very subtle a little do it all th- night hmm. yeah i wonder, wonder what, what this is about right
0: yeah. i mean you know it's prince yep there's a lot of that on this album but there's we'll less to. i mean
1: yeah there's actually less subtlety coming if you can believe that yeah
0: that's like sometimes you but think about it like oh i wonder what this song's about We'll yeah. get to that later.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but
0: yeah, it's fun, funky, like discoy dance stuff. Yeah, it's not I think, overly disco. No, but...
1: I think that this is the the most seventies sounding mm-hmm. of the eight tracks on the album. Though this one is the was the least forward thinking. I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, at this time, you have to think about nineteen eighty eight. Disco is still like disco. Of course, has died because people ran over some disco CDs in right. Chicago. Like that fucking killed it. Did right. not kill it exactly. in the clubs. It's still disco. It's still Donna Summer. It's still. That yes. Diana Ross stuff. Correct. And this goes a lot right along Disco with it. Disco
1: will never die, you weird rock people.
0: Yeah, take that, Metallica.
1: <laughs> That's another tramp stamp.
0: Take that, the knack.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's the double tramp stamp. You're getting super tramp go home. <laughs> I'm getting take that, the knack. You get knack.
0: one dumb tattoo and now everyone just comes up with and, right. t- and I'll probably get all of them.
1: Got a Broken Heart Again is um kind of like the ballad on the album.
0: I think it's a weird song cuz it kind of has a country kind of twang to it. A
1: country. Like tw- the way that the guitar Whoa.
0: is? No, I don't think like he's singing it okay. like a country song. Like I could easily see just the way it's structured, it being covered by a country artist. Okay. Like, I'm not saying that Prince is I don't know. I just kind of get that, like, this could easily be a country song. I get why
1: you're saying that. Yeah. That's interesting.
0: Yeah. Like, when I hear it, I'm like, I could easily see some terrible country artist ruining this. Yeah. But it would work as a country song. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's a ballad and got a broken heart again. It's about what you think it is. I can't stop thinking about you. next track is a song called Uptown, which is about a big bar in Minneapolis where kind of this whole music starts. Like, that's, like, their big music club, and Prince has all the friends there. Probably the Uptown is, like, that version of the bar in Purple Rain. Oh, yeah, like, that's sure. that's probably based on Uptown. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, so it's basically a song about the attitude of Uptown and why he likes it, which is basically, like, you know, everyone – there's all sorts of – Different people, and they all come in, and it doesn't matter how different you are, you just all get together and dance. And also, there's a chick that he bangs in it, of course, because that has to be part of the story.
1: <laughs> kind of a, uh, a harbinger for Elton John's The Club at the end of the street that would come out 10 years later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same kind of thing. That's, kind that's of a like good way that. to put it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uptown. Like it's, it's a very, Uptown's a very busy song. There's a lot going on in Uptown and it's like, it kind of makes, it makes me want to like take a briefcase and just be like, you know, like being on my way. It's good traveling music. Yeah. no, It's not like I have, I have a hard time dancing to this song because it's just like, there's something missing. It's like, there's no bottom end to it or something. So you can't really dance to Uptown. I mean, you, I guess you, you could, if you, you could, if you really tried, but there's like, the the song doesn't have much bottom end, but I, I don't think that's the point you know and I, I love the whole thing about the the woman asking him if he's gay and he's like no are you yeah like that's and
0: then that's at a, the end of it she goes uptown and has like such a good night and then she's like oh my god i'm so glad i did this and he's like you want to do it exactly like, sure because that's how every story ends with prince
1: yep So speaking of subtlety,
0: this was the first song I ever heard off of this album. Oh. And I was like, head, I wonder what if that's about what I think it is. And you know what? It is literally
1: yep. what you think it's it is. It's probably history's first song about uh, giving some face.
0: Yeah. Um, or at least so, obviously. Yeah, it's a beautiful romantic boy meets girl story. Um,
1: beautiful face meets vagina story.
0: (laughs) It's like some chick, it's such a weird story that only Prince could come up with. And like, the details are hairy. I'm not sure I believe that this happened.
1: Uh, Joys of words. Uh, Oh God. (laughs) I mean, it was 1980. You're probably not wrong. (laughs) It's true. I've seen points from that era. Um,
0: (laughs) So there's this chick who's like getting married and somehow runs into Prince. And she's wearing her wedding gown, of course. Yep. And... She's like, I don't know, Prince. I'm a <laughs> I'm a virgin and I'm about to get married, but like, I'm just feeling naughty. So like
1: Prince is meanwhile off in the wings eating a mango, suggestively.
0: <laughs> as as he is wont to do. Yes. Um, and yeah, then of course, you know, they she decides, well, we're not gonna do it, but I'm gonna give you the title of the song. And then he like um does his deed on the wedding dress of course yep and then for some reason they decide to get married
1: (laughs) yeah that's really the crux isn't it like (laughs) Like, never mind
0: i i don't yeah she's like i don't i don't understand how that comes to be um but that's what the song is about and it's so funky it's such a good song. It's so worth listening to, even though the story is ridiculous. But I, I actually wrote in my notes, I think that this is a genre called sex funk.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's it, that's a great way to put it.
0: It's sex funk. Like, this is so sexy and so funky. And, and it's uh, perfect.
1: Do you love how then at the end of the song, the big payoff for her is that now they're married. And so
0: she, the she gets the
1: favor returned.
0: I know. Isn't it Every day. If only that's the way real love worked.
1: Prince is not a selfish lover. Oh my God, no. He just wants you to know that. Oh my God, no.
0: This is a winner.
1: Yeah, sister's a winner.
0: Sister's like a minute and a half long. Yeah. And it's like this weird kind of punky sound. If it were harder to talk, it would be like, it's that beautiful new wave kind of part of this. A kind of new wave rock kind of a thing. Yes. Um, And it's called Sister because in it, he bangs his sister.
1: (laughs) 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 oh
0: incest is everything it's cracked up to be oh. according to the lyrics. um yeah i don't quite understand it and i think to me this is the weirdest song on the album but actually in a way i love not because it's incest but like that minute and a half quickly it just kind of stops suddenly like there's no outro to it he just goes the whole time and then a minute and a half it just stops and i think that like is you know he talks about being like 16 or
1: something yes
0: do you think that that's like reminiscent of 16 year old sex there that beautiful, like, it goes and goes and goes and then it's done for a minute and a half.
1: Oh, that's interesting. That's I, nev- I, I never think thought that about that's that. He,
0: like, I just thought about it when I was listening to it the other day. And I was like, I wonder if that's what it is. It's, like, representative of that weird moment. Or maybe he realizes, oh, shit, I'm not supposed to be telling this story and then stops it. But, like...
1: I, I mean, did you take this as his literal sister? Because I've never really taken no, it as his literal. No, I, I mean, doubt he really I think really he's this. just using sister as a term, of, albeit a bizarre term of endearment, but I think he's just using it as a, as no, a term I mean, of endearment.
0: It, there's, it calls out incest in the lyrics. Like
1: He does? Yeah. I mean, do, like, does he say the word incest? Yeah,
0: incest is all it's cracked up to be or something.
1: Well, that could be very tongue-in-cheek, though. It
0: could be. But, I mean, still, it's like...
1: I don't think he's actually... I don't think he's...
0: I don't think he actually participated in the incest. I think no, he's not being provocative. That's what I, yes, I think
1: he's being provocative, but I don't, I don't... I don't think... I have a hard time believing he's actually talking about literally banging your sister.
0: I hope not. But I just think it's, like, very I think reminiscent. He's just,
1: I think he's calling the woman of his affection's sister being funny, and then he's making a joke. I hope so. Uh, yeah. And then Because, yeah, I it. mean, people call their significant... Ugh, I don't understand this. I don't participate. But people call their significant others mama and daddy. You hear that kind of thing, too. But you're like, you're not literally talking about banging your parents. It's just a thing. But how many times have you heard that? And it's like a huge yeah. thing in gay male culture, too. Oh, like yeah. the daddy culture thing, which I think is really fucking weird and not for me. But whatever. We don't judge. We don't king shame on this show. Yeah. <laughs> especially not during it's a Prince episode. We all
0: have our own but things. But
1: my point is that it's not it's not literal it's just it's a familial term of endearment
0: yeah i can see that i I always like i don't know i kind of like the song better thinking that it's just this weird song about incest to me it works better that way it's so perfectly prince and i I don't know i just love it it's just a minute and a half
1: i love that we've now talked about this song longer than any of the others (sighs) can we just play the clip and move on yes
0: Now, on the end of Sister, when it stops perfectly, this is one of my favorite parts of the album. When Sister stops abruptly, like very abruptly, it goes perfectly. I don't know how he does it. It goes perfectly into the last song in the album. Mm -hmm. It is so, like, it's Because Sister does, it
1: comes to a screeching halt. Yes. Yes.
0: And it just works at the Beautiful, you know, it just works into a nice little transition into Party Up. Mm -hmm. And it's great. Like when you listen to this album just continuously, it's so good. Party Up, it's a funky dance anti war song. (laughs) (laughs) Because so many people were worried about anti war stuff in 1980. But like it's a very weird little rebellious anti-war song where he's just, like, talking about it's dumb to be young and have to fight when you don't want to fight, and even though the draft wasn't there anymore, I don't know. Like, this would have been a good song in, like, 1970, but... Now it's like the old Vietnam War song. Yes. It's like, yeah. But it's it's great because it's like all these like, I'm young. All I want to do is dance. We don't want to fight no a war. We just want to dance and party up. Exactly. I love it. Like, and
1: it's it, like this is an anthem for the ages to me. Yeah. Because like, who the fuck doesn't want to just dance and party up?
0: Yeah, it's like Duh. And what I love about like it's not even like so many anti-war songs are so serious in a way. Mm-hmm. And this like has like a lyric, like fighting war is such a fucking bore.
1: Exactly. <laughs>
0: like It's not heavy.
1: Like, right. And dancing is not boring. Dancing is the opposite of boring. Exactly. Oh
0: yeah. And like, you're
1: so right, Prince. You were so wise.
0: Yeah. Like, I don't know it to me. It's like the, we're loosening up a little bit in the eighties. We're not as serious as we were in like, you know, the sixties and seventies, like we're loosening up and we're partying. That's what this generation is going to be. And that's his way of doing that kind of song, in that and like there's this beautiful chanting at the end of it mm-hmm. that like you know that you're gonna have to fight your own damn war.
1: Yep. No, there's no war.
0: But like, I'm into it because we don't want to fight. Well, no, no the Cold
1: War was amping up, and well, also keep in mind too the.
0: Uh, so like a preemptive. The Iran. We're not gonna fight no
1: war. The Iran hostage crisis that had just true. happened like months before recording that this. So. Maybe actually, I think people were probably a little nervous.
0: Actually, the hostages were still because they didn't get released until Reagan took office. Oh, you're right. So that was mid-hostage right there. There you go. Yeah. Wow. You're right. I was Maybe a that's year what off is. On that. Maybe it was like one of those things where it's like if this is going to become a war,
1: that we're not going we like exactly, to exactly, you yes. know. <laughs> right. We're
0: going to let you know that we are already bored with it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> It's a perfect ending to like, God, I just love this album so much. I love it. It's like a half hour. It's like a quick little half hour of it is. spurt. And it's my favorite Prince album. It always will be.
1: It's, uh, I mean, I don't think you can get much princier at his core than this record. Mm-hmm. I mean, this really kind of is everything he was about. He was, it's, it's very edgy, very, very, very edgy, very funky, very danceable. It's just everything that was great about like
0: him. The past and the past future mm-hmm. and it's what it's like a the introduction to the 80s yes and i don't think anyone realized that at the time
1: no that's that's a very good way but, to put it and we also have to note too that this was uh his first work with lisa yes uh, who would later be in the revolution and wendy of uh, uh, lisa of wendy and lisa that is yeah
0: it had to be right after this album that he started picking up kind of like his mm-hmm. core like you're gonna start getting the vanity stuff right that's gonna come up soon yeah um, that was
1: that was the next year it was yeah probably months after this came out
0: yep um Um,
1: yeah but lisa she's she sings on head
0: yes she's like the only one of like the two other personnel on the album yes her and dr fink it's true yeah it's unbelievable and i think it's just prince at his rawest best
1: absolutely so if you've never heard this album go pick it up
0: yes it's only going to take a
1: half hour of your time yes
0: anyway that was our episode on dirty mind i hope that you go and listen to it and let us know if you how incestuous you think sister is god
1: yeah, actually, I would like to hear opinions on that.
0: Yeah, like, do you think, you think it's really... Do you think
1: it was existing? a literal sister?
0: I mean, let's all establish that he definitely did not bang his sister.
1: Yes, but I mean, yeah, we're right, talking about even yes. in the song, is it a literal yeah. sister? Yeah, I do you no. think
0: it's just like, okay. And I say, yeah, and it's fine.
1: All right, cool. Tweet uh, us, which is at uh, Offbeat Tracks on Twitter.
0: Yes, and you can also email us and get in touch with us on our website, which is OffbeatTracksCast.com.
1: Indeed. So, uh, until next week, happy 17, and I'm Max...
0: I'm Danielle.
1: See ya.